0: Please, uh, please join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our assembled hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. It's so good to be gathered together today, and for, for me, I need these couple hours in the morning just to kind of unwind, and uh, I don't know about you, but it, it seems to me we're just in the thick of the fall busyness. Uh, every week I make a list of things I got to do, and and I kind of hammer them down, and yesterday I came up and, and worked. I had a wedding down in South County, and, and I'm like, man, I did pretty good getting these things off my list, and then I'm like, okay, because I was gone a little bit last week, this coming week's just going to be a nightmare of stuff I got to do, and I'm like, wow, you know, just kind of, uh like, try to be mellow on the one hand, and then ramped up and uptight on the, on the other, and it seems like this season, right, October, it's kind of like that. There's eight million things to do and to try to, to try to figure out. And so I think that this Sunday's message and where we're at in our uh, the being challenge is very, very well placed. And uh, for busy, busy people, it's good to just take a moment and Last week, uh, I was in the sanctuary leading the liturgy for uh, uh, Dr. Mike Ziegler, who's a Lutheran hour speaker, and he started his message, and he was quiet for like 15 seconds. And I don't know about you, but 15 seconds felt like it was like 30 hours. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's having a heart attack. He's dying. You got to get up. You know, let's go. And, and so I'm watching him. I'm like, okay, I'm CPR trained. If he has a heart attack, I can help. We're good. And... And then what I realized he was doing is just mellowing out, and uh, it was just a good, good way to start and a good way to be was mellow for a moment, rather than every second having to be filled with, with verbiage, words. Um, so I realize I'm preaching to the choir this morning. Uh, I realize that when you think about your life and people ask you, you say, you know what, I'm so busy. And I struggle with that in my career, in my profession, because if I say that, that's automatically telling somebody, um, I'm too busy for you. And in, in, in a busy culture in Orange County, in a busy time, that, that's just such a tough thing to say. You know, I'm really, really busy. Well, too busy for me? right that's what i'm saying and i realize it's kind of a thing right being busy is kind of a thing it's what we do Part of it is because I think that we, we believe that by having so much to do, we, maybe we'll stumble across a sense of meaning in our lives. That maybe if we just do enough things, we'll, 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 we'll stumble into the right thing and then we'll feel really good about ourselves and go, hey, that was pretty good. You know, that was solid. I, I did all this stuff and this one thing tied it all together. My life was integrated for just a moment and it felt so good. And then we get back on that treadmill of busyness, schedule and time and lists and all of, all of those things. And when we tell someone how busy we are, saying, I don't have a few moments for, for you. And then we get wrapped up and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, I've told everyone I'm busy, so I feel busy, so I must be busy, then I'm busy. So I'll tell people that I'm busy and then they'll think I'm busy and then... And so it just kind of has a way of spinning out of control or maybe in control. And if we stop spinning so much, we don't know what will go on in our heart and our soul. What will we be if we're not busy? I'm so busy. What I struggle with is the other side where someone says, I know you are busy, but... Now, I subscribe to the thing, ask a busy person to help you, because typically a busy person is out getting after it, they do what they say, they return their phone calls, they do their email, they, you know, ask busy people to help you, they'll get, get the job done. But I really struggle, and I've got one friend in particular who'll go, clink, I know you're busy, but... And what I feel guilty about on that is, is, is what vibe have I given off, that, that my friend makes the assumption that I'm busy... Have I come across as curt and short? Am I just exhausted in the big bags under my eyes? They're like, oh my gosh, he looks horrible. He must be busy. I'm like, but sometimes it makes me feel badly that I project that idea that I'm so busy that someone who I know and love would say, you know what? I know you're really busy, but, and maybe they're just being gracious, but I really struggle with the assumption of I don't have time to do something valuable. Which now, at my age of 57, I don't care, I'll just say I can't do it, right? Every, anyone who's over 50 knows that. Sorry, I just can't do it. Well, but what do you, right, I just can't do it. Oh, okay. You don't care? No, I, I care, but I, I'm not losing sleep, I, right? It is. It, no, it's something magic about being mid-50s, right? I'm fine, I sleep, I'm cool, right? And I choose the things to participate in that I want to participate in. So sometimes that idea of people making an assumption that, hey, I know you're busy, but I feel bad that maybe I project that. And so I've made a real effort, especially since COVID's been down, to kind of mellow out a little bit and mellow out on the calendar and the list and leave some of those list things not gone through so that I have a real time to be real with real real people. But it seems to me we all seem kind of tired. I I thought this was great. 100% I'm good, 75%, 50%, 25%. And I don't know about you, but when my iPhone dies, I kind of die with it. It's just fascinating. But make no mistake, there's a lot going on. I'm not ignorant of that fact. And I know for people raising children, watching my son and daughter-in-law raise my little grandson, I don't know how you guys do it. My grandson had a cold and a runny nose this week. I thought the Western world was coming to a stop. I thought, that's it. How does this work? Who doesn't go to work? Who stays home? Who goes to the doctor? How does that happen? And since I'm the grandpa, I can go, you just take care of it all. I'm good. I'm too busy. Yeah. Right? There's a lot going on. And there's a lot going on in the world that takes the margin for being able to deal with ambiguity away. I would take time, but I'm kind of freaking out because of, uh, we can't buy our Christmas presents. I'm kind of freaking out because last time I gassed up my truck, it was 85 dollars, and this time it's 103. I'm kind of freaking out a little bit because of what's going on in the world. And there's a lot happening. And there's a lot that's happening in our hearts, each one as you go into your own life and where you've been this last week. You know what's pushing and tugging and pulling at your heart. There's lots going on. So we need a break. Six on, one off is the break that God knit into humanity. Six days on, work six days, take one day off to be with the Lord Jesus. My body's pretty strong. I got a sore shoulder probably fell off my mountain bike once too often but I would need a break for my soul because when I get tired in here not necessarily here I get tired in here I just get mean when I get tired in here it's like my batteries just drain, and the only thing that rejuvenates it is being with the Lord and his people So I admire you for taking a break for your soul this morning and breathing out the anxiety of the age and the time and the week and the moment and breathing in the spirit of, of God, because sometimes we just need to breathe and not feel like someone is sitting on our chest and the breath just won't come. I believe in my heart that not only is our society right now chronically anxious, but I also believe we're bordering on a level of exhaustion that maybe in my 57 years or your 35 or 25 years, you've never, you've never seen. So the issue of the exhaustion of the soul and the body and the fatigue of the mind, Jesus speaks to here in Mark chapter one, verse 35. Before our reading, make no mistake, Jesus is pouring down his list. He's got a list of stuff he's going through. And if he's the Messiah, the Son of God, then there's all these lists in Isaiah that say, well, the Messiah is going to do this and such and this and such and this and such. So Mark's gospel is really careful to make sure that by the time you're done reading it, that you're going, that's right. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And, and so the list here is phenomenal. Verses 9 through 13 of chapter 1. 40 days of temptation in the wilderness. Turn the rock into bread. You're tired. No, I'm not doing that. Cast yourself down from there. But 40 days and 40 nights of temptation. I don't know about you. I have about a half hour of temptation, and I'm ready to give it up. So Jesus has got that. Then he calls his disciples and gathers those 12 young guys around him. And if you've ever tried to gather a group... I realize none of us are the son of God, but gathering people together takes an inordinate amount of work, and then aligning them around the task is a different thing as well. Verses 21 to 28, he drives out an evil spirit, and then in verses 29 to 34, he heals many people. So Jesus is zip-bang, 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 go, 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 go. And finally, one morning, the disciples wake up, and they're like, where's Jesus? Jesus. He's got a list of things to accomplish today, and it all makes us look really good that Jesus does this stuff, and we get to have a crowd of people around us, which we think is pretty neat. And so they wake Jesus up with those marvelous words, everybody is looking for you. How many moms have had that on Saturday morning? Everybody's looking for you, and we can't pour the milk on the fruity pebbles, Billy spilled the syrup for the Eggo waffles. Mom, we need you. Different kind of thing, right? There's something beautiful for me in the reality that Jesus identifies with that being needed. So he's not there in the home. and, And they go looking for him. And then they found him and they said to him, everyone is looking for you. I wonder if Jesus was deep in prayer. They tapped him on the shoulder and said, Hey, the prayer thing, that's too much, Jesus. We got stuff to do. Or if Jesus was just simply quietly meditating and they tapped him on the shoulder and said, There's more stuff you got. Let's go. Everyone is looking for you, everyone needs a piece of you. It's a beautiful piece of reality that Jesus understands that for our hearts and our lives. That that is not lost on him your fatigue and your busyness and the demands of your life are not lost on Jesus the Son of God This service started as a 630 Sunday night service years ago It used to w- work down in the the lower level here We didn't call it the basement because it's called the lower level somehow that made it what it really used to be Was a bowling alley and a rots You can google that and uh, and <laughs> They used to the german guys used to smoke and drink beer and bowl down in the lower level of walker hall but it started the contemporary services in st john's started there in the mid to late 80s and we kind of had to keep the drums and the guitars quiet and put away and then they'd bring them out sunday nights then we put them away at about seven o'clock or about seven thirty, eight o'clock and then do our do our thing when i came in 1993 it was 75 80 people sunday nights I'll never forget when that service got up to about 275 people a week, and the senior pastor pulled me aside and said, "You guys need to calm down a little bit. Sunday nights are starting to rival Sunday morning at 9:30. You're going to have to slow it down, Timothy." And I thought, <laughs> used to go visit up at Orange High every week and Orange Lutheran every week and pass out flyers and invite people to to worship. By people, I meant teenagers. We had a movement of of teenagers in the city that was just a powerful, a powerful thing. Some of the best ministry I feel I ever did and just so fulfilling in that. One of the things that was a part of the culture of that was some of the students wrote music and it was beautiful. It was this heartfelt stuff that comes out of a young person's heart. Maybe old people become jaded and kind of crusty, but... The words from our Psalm, from Psalm 62, find rest, O my soul, and God alone my hope comes from Him. There were two twins, uh, there were twin, twin girls, Emily and Amy, and Emily wrote a song based on Psalm 62, and she sang about the first seven verses of it, and when she would sit on the piano without a stitch of music, and with no words. She'd take a deep breath, and in this beautiful voice, she would sing, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. And there was something that just lifted among the worshiping people. I don't know if it was her youth, her voice, the words, the music, or all of it together. But somehow it, it, it spoke to the soul and the heart in a way that, 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 that maybe just cranking on the guitar and doing Toto riffs and what we used to do. and There was just something beautiful about the message. And it brought a lightness to the soul. Would you read this with me? Psalm 62, 1 and 2. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my foundation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken." Maybe we don't need to be by ourselves to have that moment of solitude. And maybe in the community of the church. In the community that's in the auditorium this morning that God can come down individually to us and say, I love you, and I'm with you, and you will not be shaken. I love that. The idea of seeking solitude. Sometimes it has to do with where we are, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I'm really grateful when I don't have cell service like on the way to Death Valley. And I have to look at my wife and say, hey, what do you want to talk about? She says, certainly not football. (laughs) Sometimes it matters where we are. Sometimes we're in those beautiful places. I think of the stars at Joshua Tree. I think the solemnity of the Grand Canyon. I think the beauty of the Red Rock at Zion National Park. And I love that kind of stuff. Sometimes just being in our car. And having a moment of quiet is a marvelous blessing from from God. And sometimes the quiet are those places where the scripture comes back and speaks to our soul and lightens us up from the demands of the day. Everybody is not looking for you in that moment. What really matters is where our heart is. Pastor Trevor's sermon is significantly better than mine today. I have better visual aids, but his sermon is powerful. He talks about our heart. I'm not sure in Western thought we think enough about our heart. We think about our bodies and exercise we think our minds and how smart we are. But sometimes the ability for God to move our heart, when we feel shaken for him to hold it in his own hands, allows us a sense of relief that we only find through relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ the focus of our ministry if you haven't noticed has not been in getting everything up the way that it had been before COVID and filling our calendar our schedule with so many things that people are so exhausted and so tired The focus of our ministry has been doing the right things so that people find a connection to God in their soul. Stefan and the work that his team is doing with the music here and the music across the campus is a whole different thing than what we've had. Because we want your souls to be lightened, your hearts to be fed, and your lives to be anchored and rooted in our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's times of meditation and reflection. Sometimes reflecting back on where we've been and what we've done and who we are and those pieces have a way of bubbling to the surface some of the realizations that maybe we need to think about. And we need to process in the light of God's great love for us in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think we got to start somewhere. At some point, we have to slow down before we die, have a heart attack. I felt bad this week. I drove from Vegas here to Vegas. And as I drove back, I stopped at Baker. And uh, a gentleman had died on the restroom floor of the Jack in the Box in Baker, California. And I thought, wow, what a way to go. Uh uh-uh. And so, enlightening our soul, we start somewhere, memorizing one verse of scripture, turning the radio or the podcast off for two minutes in the truck, sitting quietly for fifteen minutes before everyone gets home and things go bonkers. I encourage you this week to start somewhere. For you, it might just be thirty seconds of quiet and peace. You may look at me and go, Pastor Tim, I can do 45 minutes standing on my head. Then God bless you, but don't stand on your head. And if you want to memorize the scripture, here's one for you from Psalm 62, 5 through 7. Let's read this together, please. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. When I think about that, I can go back to Emily and Amy singing in beautiful harmony those words. And somehow, it lightens the soul. Re-energizes, re-strengthens, redraws some of the parameters of my life. And reminds me that God is close and that God loves me. It's interesting, Jesus' response from Mark 138, where he, he says, Okay, fellas, they tap him on the shoulder and, and he says, Okay, we got to go somewhere else. Let's go to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And so the seal of the presence of God in our soul is the seal of the cross. God comes to us because He's removed everything that would keep us from Him. My salvation, my honor depend on God. And so I look to the cross and I lead you this morning to that cross where a solitary man died with a crowd all around him. And became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So that when God looks at you and me, there's not a heaviness to God, there's a lightness to God. His love for you is sealed in that sacrifice so that you can be 100% sure of His love, His care, His intervention for you. Find rest, oh my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. Amen.